Welcome to Storytime with Kurt. In each episode, I'd like you to sit back, relax, and just chill out while I read Tom Swift and His Motorcycle by Victor Appleton. Previously on Tom Swift and His Motorcycle. In chapter 19, Tom was talking with Dad and convinced Dad to let him go and find Happy Harry to see if he can track down the scoundrels. Chapter 20. Eradicate Saw's Wood. The farmer's family, including the son who was a deputy sheriff, was glad to see Tom. Jed said he had been on the job ever since the mysterious robbery of Tom had taken place, but though he had seen many red automobiles, he had no trace of the three men. From Dunkirk, Tom went back over the route he had taken in going from Pompville to Centerford and made some inquiries in the neighborhood of the church shed where he had taken shelter. The locality was sparse, the locality was sparsely settled, however, and no one could give any clues to the robbers. The young inventor next made a trip over the lonely sandy road where he had met with the tramp Happy Harry. And, but there were even fewer houses near that stretch than around the church, so he got no satisfaction there. Tom spent the night at a country inn and resumed his search the next morning, but with no results. The men had apparently completely disappeared, leaving no traces behind them. I may as well go home, thought Tom, as he was riding his motorcycle along a pleasant country road. Dad may be worried, and perhaps something has turned up in Shopton that'll aid me. If there isn't, I'll going to start out again in a few days in another direction. There was no news in Shopton, however. Tom found his father scarcely able to work, so worried was he over the loss of his most important invention. Two weeks passed. The young machinist, taking trips of several days' duration to different points near his home in the hopes of discovering something. But he was unsuccessful, and in the meanwhile, no reassuring word was received from the lawyers in Washington. Mr. Crawford wrote that no move had yet been made by the thieves to take out patent papers, and while this, in a sense, was some aid to Mr. Swift, still he could not proceed on his own account to protect his new motor. All that could be done was to await the first movement on the part of the scoundrels. I think I'll try a new plan tomorrow, Dad, announced Tom one night, when he and his father had talked over again for perhaps the twentieth time the happenings of the last few weeks. What is it, Tom? asked the inventor. Well, I think I'll take a week's trip up on my machine. I'll, I'll visit all the small towns around here, but instead of asking in-houses for news of the tramp or his confederates, I'll go to the police and constables. I'll ask if they've arrested any tramps recently, and if they have, I'll ask them to let me see the hobo prisoners. Well, what good would that do? I'll tell you. I have an idea, though the burglar who got in here may not be a regular tramp yet, he disguises himself like one at times and may be known to other tramps. If I can get on the trail of Happy Harry, as he calls himself, I may locate the other men. Tramps would be very likely to remember such a peculiar chap as Happy Harry, and they'll tell me when they last seen him. Then I'll have a starting point. Well, that may be a good plan, assented Mr. Swift. At any rate, it'll do no harm to try. A tramp locked up in a country police station will very likely be willing to talk. 
Go ahead with that scheme, Tom, but don't get into any danger. How long will you be away? I don't know, a week perhaps, maybe longer. I'll take plenty of money with me and stop at country hotels overnight. Tom lost no time in putting his plan into execution. He packed some clothes and a grip, which he attached to the rear of his motorcycle, and then, having said goodbye to his father, started off. The first three days he met with no success. He located several tramps in country lockups where they had been sent for begging or loitering, but none of them knew Happy Harry or had ever heard of a tramp answering his description. He ain't one of us. You can make up your mind to that, said one hobo whom Tom interviewed. No real knight of the highway goes around in disguise. We leave that for the storybook detectives. I'm the real article I am, and I don't know Happy Harry. But for that matter, any of us is happy enough in the summertime if we don't strike a burg like this, where they judge you for panhandling. In general, Tom found the tramp willing enough to answer his questions, though some were sullen, and returned only surly growls to his inquiries. I guess I'll have to give it up and go back home, he decided one night. But there was a small town, not many miles from Shopton, which he had not yet visited, and he resolved to try there before returning. Accordingly, the next morning found him inquiring of the police authorities in Medton. But no tramps had been arrested in the last month, and no one had seen anything of a tramp like Happy Harry or three mysterious men in an automobile. Tom was beginning to despair. Riding along a silent road that passed through a strip of woods, he was trying to think of some new line of procedure when the silence of the highway that hitherto had resounded only with the muffled explosions of his machine was broken by several exclamations. Now, Boomerang, you might just as well start now than later, Tom heard a voice. A voice he recognized well. You gotta do this work, and there ain't no getting out of it. This wood's got to get sawed, and you got to saw it. But it's just like you to go back on your old friend Eradicate in this fashion. I can never tell you what you were going to do next, and I can't now. Get along, won't you? Let's get this sawmill started. Tom shut off the power and leaped from his wheel. From the woods at his left came the protesting hee-haw of a mule. Boomerang and Eradicate Samson, exclaimed the young inventor. What can they be doing here? He leaned his motorcycle against the fence and advanced towards where he had heard the voice of the man. In a little clearing, he saw him. Eradicate, Eradicate was presiding over a portable sawmill worked by a treadmill on the incline of which was the mule, its ears laid back, and an unmistakable expression of anger on its face. Why, Rad, what are you doing? cried Tom. Good Lord, if it isn't young Mr. Swift... Howdy, Mr. Swift, howdy. I'm just trying to saw some wood to make a living, but Boomerang, he don't want to do it. And with that, Eradicate looked repro reproachfully at the animal. What seems to be the trouble, and how'd you come to own this sawmill? asked Tom. Well, I tell you, Mr. Swift, sit right there on the log and I'll explain it to you. Well, the last time I saw you, you were preparing to go into the grass-cutting business, went on Tom. That's right, so I was. You do remember a lot, don't you? But, yeah, it's this way. Grass ain't growing quick enough, so I traded off the lawnmower and I bought this mill. But now it won't go, and I'm in trouble. 
and once more eradicate Samson looked indignantly at Boomerang. End of chapter 20. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Storytime with Kurt. You can subscribe to the podcast by going to anchor.fm slash storytimewithkurt. If you want to stay up to date with all recordings moving forward, you can catch the live recording each Sunday, Tuesday, and Thursday evening over at twitch.tv slash kurtstable. That's K-U-R-T-S-T-A-B-L-E. Or follow me on Twitter at V-O by Kurt. If you have suggestions for future books, you can go ahead and send me an email at kurt at storytimewithkurt.com. See you next time.